Dusty, what's the one book you can always find in our car when we're on a trip? Honestly, Mike, it is usually a Moon travel guide. That's right. Moon is our favorite travel guidebook publisher because not only are they a source for ethical travel and the best ways to get away, but their books also are packed full of information on everything from sites to see, trails to hike, restaurants, and lodging, all from real authors who are local to the areas they're writing about. That's right. And we're so excited that this year we are again partnering with Moon Travel Guides. Ready to cross something off your travel bucket list in 2024? Have a lot of great ideas for trips, but don't know how to get started or keep your itinerary organized? Wherever your wanderings might take you or inspire you to go, Moon Travel has you covered. Moon Travel is the travel guidebook publisher for ethical travel. Don't spend months trying to craft the perfect getaway when you can do it all with Moon. Whether you're headed abroad, planning to take to the open road, or want to wander the trails of a national park, make sure to pack a Moon Travel Guide with you. Through the end of 2024, our listeners can get 20% off any Moon Travel Guide when they use the code GAZE20 at checkout. That's amazing. And that is code GAZE24, G-A-Z-E-2-4 for 20% off any Moon travel guide in Moon's entire library. And that is just for our listeners, and you cannot find that anywhere else. Be sure to visit Moon.com. Head to our show notes and check it out and see Moon's entire collection of travel guide books. Gay dating. (laughs) (laughs) Hello and welcome to Pride Fix by Gays at the National Park. Oh, God. I'm Dusty. And I'm Mike. It's Pride Month. It is Pride Month. And to celebrate Pride Month, we're doing uh, two special trail mixes that we're calling Pride Mixes. Right. Since LGBTQ Pride Month celebrates love, and love is love, is love is love. Mm hmm. We're theming this episode all about dating, mating, and everything in between. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> so we've titled it, Okay, Cupid. Cupid. That's a little bit of a, a nod to a dating service that the both of us used for quite some time. And it's how we actually met one another um, and became lifelong friends and future stand-ins for um, Waldorf and um, what's his Aster. Oh, you mean those two yeah. old men yeah. in the Muppets? Yeah. Without a doubt. Yeah. It's not Waldorf and Aster but they're hotels. It's Waldorf and Statler. Waldorf and Statler. Yeah. 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 I think we're already there. Current frankly. Yeah. <laughs> current mm-hmm. current standards mm-hmm. for them. That's right. Yeah. So so here we are. Yes. The good, the bad, the yes, ugly. And the very ugly. And the in between. So we have individually come up with three stories about dating that we are gonna or three anecdotes about dating mm-hmm. that we're gonna bring to this Pride Mix. Mm-hmm. So, um, Mike, do you want to start us off with... Um, so we'll start with first dates, I Let's believe. start with a first date from you. Okay. I was young and naive, 20-something-year-old. Um, I'm going to say like 20-year-old. I had come out maybe at the age of 19. At the age of 19. I was like starting to feel my oats and starting to, you know, be okay with who I was and... Mm-hmm be okay with where I was in my life. I wasn't really using any gay dating websites at the time. I had intersected with someone that I didn't really know from home, but like knew of from home via MySpace. Oh, MySpace. The great communicator was and your connector. first 
connector. It Interesting. was. He was not on my top eight, but he was somewhere in the midst. So I met this guy. His name was Seamus. I like really quickly was like very much so fell for him. So I was in Philadelphia at the time at, in college and he was living at home in New Jersey and we talked back and forth. There was a lot of flirtatious like exchanges that happened. We ended up starting to talk on the phone and things like that. And eventually it progressed to the point where when I was home, we had met up and it was like, you know, very romantic. I felt the romance. I, I think I was just so excited about that possibility of something happening and, you know, seeing all my friends who were straight experience this romantic love and, and seeing their partnerships. I think I was really like just so ready for it and so in tune for it that I kind of was blinded by a lot of things that maybe weren't the best. Like case in point, he like totally red flagged when he was like, you probably just shouldn't trust me. Like, oh, yeah. 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 You, you like, you know, <laughs> you like probably should. There are better people out there than me. And I was just so like smitten and like and, young and naive. Young and you're like, and no, he was of course like, not. How could you possibly right. say that? No, I love everything about you. Right. And you're he was the like, ideal. Yeah, yeah. He was like a year younger than me. And I just was like, this is going to work. Like, damn it. I'll be home for the summer. And he comes to Philadelphia all the time. And, and there's that quote that's like, you know, when people reveal who they are to you, believe them. Right. Obviously. Oh, I, things we learn later yeah, in life. Trust yeah, me. Yeah, oh, yeah. I'm with you. Oh, yeah. Everything kind of came to a head on 4th of July. I invited him. My friends had a 3rd of July party because the town that they lived in did fireworks on the 3rd. And it was like a really big event. And so I invited him to that. He came. He met a bunch of people. And he was like my first real gay. I mean, I'd kissed girls before, you know. We've all been there um not all of not us. all of us no. some of us have been there some sorry. of us have been there whatever no. i'm sorry not to speak for the group but <laughs> he was my first like kiss with a guy it was on the hood of my like honda accord That's which so was sexy. like you know my old teacher's honda accord that my you know yeah it was like the sexiest <laughs> Uh-huh. <laughs> that I had like bought from my teacher. Yeah. Yeah. It was like, like, honestly, it was a romance com- cover come to life. And there I, was wind. And, and there was. Fabio. And, and the nights were so cold. <laughs> right. <laughs> and it's all coming back to me now. I really was taken at that point in time. I really did feel like something was going to happen. The thing that did happen was I really shouldn't have trusted him because he was seeing somebody else at the time. And this all came to light via MySpace because, like, I had returned to the city that summer. By I wasn't city, you mean Philadelphia. By Phil- city, I mean Philadelphia. I wasn't living at home, but I was traveling back and forth here and there via MySpace, I found out. And I definitely was, like, totally crestfallen about it. And Of course. It really, really sucked and it really hurt. And, like, our paths crossed again, like, a few other times. But I definitely learned about love and like kind of its pitfalls, but also its wonders very quickly in this first sort of date slash first relationship. Okay. Mm-hmm. I definitely didn't put nothing compares as my <laughs> song on my space though. That was not me. <laughs> oh, yeah. wow. Yeah. Well, God, I, it's I, been seven I, hours and so I never had a MySpace. Day. But I was always so entertained by how seriously took people took the like 
what the song is that you put up and mm-hmm. what the quote is that you put up on your MySpace because it, so many people played the game of like, well, this is representative of oh, yeah. my mood and how I am today and yeah. all of those things. Mm-hmm. Or like if the top, you know, friends had changed, yeah. what was happening in the your schism. life. The schism. Like there was, it was just like, it's things like that is why shows like The Real Housewives can exist, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. It was like, that's where we went for our drama. <laughs> yes. Yeah. <laughs> so. Yeah. Before we knew what drama really was. Right. Right. Which like involves. throwing wine throwing in a person's wine. face. <laughs> <laughs> I've never had a sugar daddy. I would never have a sugar daddy. I ain't never had a sugar daddy. But if I wanted a sugar daddy, I could get one because I'm what? Sickening. <laughs> And you are not that kind of girl. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> right. That's right. good drama. Mm-hmm. Drama. Drama. So what about you? Okay, so I think the worst first date I ever had was... Um, this is like first first date, though. Yeah? Do You mean my first ever? Oh, that was my first ever. Oh. Yeah, that was my first ever. Oh, well, I'll like, tell you my yeah, first ever. Yeah, that's what I want to hear. We'll okay. talk about bad we'll first talk about dates bad in a minute. First dates. Yeah. Okay. So, oh, that means so much more now that I know, like, that was your first ever. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, honey. Yeah. All right. Mm -hmm. Well, listen, I've been there. Right. Because nothing compares. So, So I came out uh, around 23 years old. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's not like everybody can hear my voice. We Mm -hmm. all, like, my voice has always sounded like Mm -hmm. this. Not that that is an indicator, but for me, it kind of is. Mm -hmm. You can sort of... It's a dead ringer for John Wayne. Exactly. Mm -hmm. And it kind of walks into the room before I do, Mm -hmm. but it is what it is. Things I know and I own about Mm -hmm. myself. But after I did that, it took me like a solid 10 months before I could even think about putting myself out there to date so i was like 24 going on a date for the first time mm-hmm. it was so my friends were so patient with me because i was so dramatic about literally every step i'm like oh my god i think i'm gonna message this person mm-hmm. oh my god this person has responded oh my and all of them are clearly like in their own secret meetings like we just gotta give him the space i He's never done this before like you know we gotta just let him have all right. of this Listen. so your straight so, yeah. friends should understand that. <clears throat> oh, and they did. Yeah. And they absolutely did. So Their secret straight people meetings. So he was a teacher. And um Dusty was twenty four at this time. I just feel like I need to like disclaimer that. And that's what he said. Yeah, I know. Yeah. I'm just reminding the audience. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. I was twenty four. Yeah going on the state for the first time but anyway this guy that i was talking to was a teacher he was my age if i recall i believe also a capricorn Mm -hmm. he didn't live too far away we decided to go on a first date in the city it was so weird and it was so strange but I, i enjoyed it we ended up just like meeting up and strolling to a bar we just sat in this bar for a little while and like had drinks and then we made out on a couch in this bar. Mm-hmm. It was sort of like not, I, I mean, there was a lot happening. So we, mm-hmm. we weren't the center of attention or anything right. making out on this couch. It and wasn't like, living La Vida Loca. The music no. Radio. And this was, and it was so wonderful and it was so lovely. And I just was like, this is so nice. Like this is a nice person. I can, you know, I get this mm-hmm. idea that this is a nice person. And um, kissing was really nice. Right. It was great. Ain't it though? Mm -hmm. Right? We, you know, said goodbye and we were like, okay, yeah, let's do it again. 
And then, um, you know, like a few days later, I think we had an interaction. And then, oh, we had made plans. And then he broke plans. And then didn't reschedule. Oh. Now I have a really firm rule. I mean, my rule is like, and this is across the board with any human in the world. But if we set up a time Mm -hmm. and then you break the plans, like... It's your job to remake the plans. It's not only your job to remake the plans. Like, if you're actually really solidly like a good decent human you will come with the news that one you're breaking the plans and two with options to reschedule right at the same time yeah not at a later time to say like i'll get back in touch to reschedule unless it's like super last minute and you're really apologetic or whatever but then I'm waiting for you to get back in touch to reschedule. I'm not going to reach out to you. Yeah. But he had canceled. I think I did reach out a few times to see about it. And then nothing. It was like three weeks of nothing. Yeah. And then he reached back out and was like, hey, I'm so sorry. I've been away. And I've been, can we hang out again? And I was like, okay. So we saw a play. We went back to his place. And now this is the first time I'm like, I guess, hooking up with a person. Mm -hmm. And I was very clear about like, this is like, as far as I'm interested in going this evening, that is as far as it went, Mm -hmm. like, you know, which was mostly just like making out. Mm -hmm. And like, it was all very innocent, and very simple and whatnot. But yeah, after that, we never talked again. He's still around. We're still friends on Facebook. He's still a teacher. But it was all friendly and lovely. But that was my very first, first date. The first time I ever kissed a boy was a different, that was a different time. Okay. I was set up by a drag queen, mm-hmm. a drag queen bingo at Stonewall Inn. Mm. I had never been to a gay bar before. And this lovely older man named David, who I knew through just theater stuff, had, mm-hmm. um, I had been working with this other friend of mine on this cabaret that was for a cause. And it was nearby. And he was like, you've, have you ever been to a gay bar before? And I was like, no, this was like not really too far ahead of this first date right. that I had had. And um, you were tempered then. I, yeah. And so he was like, let's go to Stonewall. You have to, that has to be your first gay bar. So we go in, it's drag queen bingo. Cause it was Monday night. The drag queen over the microphone is like you that just walked into the, do- the room, get in here, come here. So I walk over and she was like, you've never been here before. This is all over the mic and everybody can hear her. I was like, no. And she was like, I can tell. She was like, why don't we um, pick someone for you to make out with? <laughs> and I was like, oh my God, what? And she was like, yeah, who would you like to make? What about him? She points to this beautiful guy and I was like, um, okay. And she was like, you get over here. A beautiful guy walks over. This is a story I have never. What heard. I have told you this no. story. Mm-mm. Seriously? No. Wow. Secrets and please, lies. Please. So the other title of this episode. She was like, <laughs> "Are you single?" And he's like, "Yes." And then she's like, "You're single, I'm assuming." And I'm like, "Uh huh." And she's like, "Okay, so I need thirty seconds with tongue. Go." And then we did. Mm. And that was the first time I ever, that was the first time I really ever kissed anybody. And you're still married to this day. <laughs> right. <laughs> Another secret um, and a lie. And he uh, and I made out for like a 30 seconds. Mm-hmm. And it was great. And she was like, okay, so exchange numbers so you guys can make it happen and then go on. Um, but I was too nervous, so I didn't ask him for a no. supper. I know. So that's that. Well, look at you. 
So that was that was my. What was your first gay bar? It was probably either Paradise, which is in Asbury Park, or um, Woody's, which is in Philadelphia. Those would have been one of the major contenders for either first. I'm going to say it was Paradise, though. Yeah, because that's local yokel, and I have a feeling I was home for my birthday. And I was 21 at the time, obviously. So you were like, I'm going to where so, the gays are. Um, so we're going to go. Yeah. That's I want to be where the gays are. Exactly. I want to see. want to see them dancing. <laughs> right. <laughs> Walking around on those. What do you call, what do you call them? Heels. heels. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Oh, it just yeah. It itself, yep. folks. Um, yeah, yeah. And I did, I think I had like a very intimate dance floor experience that night. Now that I, I think about it. I do love a good intimate dance floor experience. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's good. Those are lovely. This was before the days of Robin, but you know. Oh. Yeah. I mean, re- what a re- gift um, she is to the dance reignited floor. Reignited Robin. Like, right. Fully right. loaded. Robin fully loaded. Robin fully loaded. <laughs> exactly. Right. Um, okay. So let's now talk about. Bad first Bad dates. dates. Okay. Who bad dates. I've got many. I do too. I, I feel like, are we going to just narrow it down to one or two? I've got one really bad one that I'm going to tell. So I have a bad one in my later life as an 85-year-old man. No, um, I would say I was just about 30 at the time. So a few years ago, I just kind of moved into my house. I was still riding the OK Cupid train real hard. Weren't we all? Weren't we all? In suburban New Jersey, it's a little bit of slim pickings a lot of the time. I tried to stay within, you know, my age bubble of like a five-year age swing. And you and I had talked about this a lot. And even five years below was like a little bit of a, you know, at 25, you're a totally different person than you are at like 27. Oh, I think yeah, you yeah, get yeah. your shit together. Anyone and like, under 25, it's... yeah. That is like, yeah, that's like babysitting. Mm-hmm. Well, frankly, that's what I did this evening. <laughs> so I started talking to this guy. He was 23 um, at the time. And I was like 29, I think. I think when you told me this, I was like 23. You say no. I know. I think I said that. But I think I was sad. And I think I, I was know. Like, and we, we all do it. It's and fine. we all do it. And we're just like, there was no um, hidden agenda of like, you know, anything nefarious or, you know, sure. Anything happening. It was like, okay, I'm going to get to know this person. We had talked for a while and, and let's just see where things like happen to go. So we decided that we would go to Olive Garden. That's where things <laughs> decided to go towards soup no, salad and endless breadsticks. <laughs> and, um, <clears throat> I'm so glad that Miss Olive Garden was there to help you. Miss <laughs> Olive Garden, Miss Olive Garden did not lend a hand mm. um, or an olive branch. Um, so yeah, we went to Olive Garden, and I very quickly realized that this was a mistake, and it was a mistake because I was at a different point in my life than this person was. But I also thought that I didn't. But let in things, your endless generosity, yeah. I didn't let things simmer enough to like really see the full picture before I said, yeah, let's right. meet. He was perfectly nice, but he was very like, oh, I'm going to touch your arm at every point. Oh, no. I'm going to talk about, no, I'm going to talk about like all these things that no. like, are very clearly like things that 23 year olds talk can't. about. So I can't stand people who are too familiar too quickly. Right. It was like, like no. that's what it was. And I was just like, oh, that those are touching God. my arm is something you have to earn. Right. 
God, that sounds so elitist. But, but, yeah. but it is. It is. Eventually, what happens is we finish up at Olive Garden and he's like, well, like, would you want to see a movie? And like, would you want to still hang out tonight? And in my like inability to figure out a way to kindly say no to somebody that I'm uninterested in, also, I was like, let's be real. You have a you already have a problem saying no. Oh, yeah, I know. These mm-hmm. are things that I need to work on and I continue to things work on. Things you have and I have worked actively on, worked on but very well as of late. Yes. I'm very proud of you. But anyway, um, I was like, yeah, sure. Let's go see a movie at the mall, which is right here. He's like, okay, well, I'll drive. And I was like, this is a mistake, Michael. Oh, no, I'm sorry. Actually... It, I did. My alarm bell went off and I was like, no, that's okay. We can both drive over to the mall together because I was like, I don't want this to go where I think it's going to go. Right. And he's like, okay, well, you know. And we, you need to have an escape plan. And I need to have an escape plan. So I pulled up next to him and he's like, why don't you get in the car? The heat, seats are heated. We can figure out which movie we want to see while we're here in the car. And it was. This is just to get you to make out in the car. Oh, I know this. And (laughs) I, um, in my naivety and my um, belief that everyone is a good, kind, and gentle soul, (laughs) the Rosen Island of the group, if you will, I just was like, okay, sure. And so I get in the car and it's like, immediately try to make out with me. And I was like, too familiar to. I was like, I'm really sorry. I was like, and maybe I sent the wrong message by doing all these things. But also my body language was like frigid and like not very like warm and opening, like open as far as like the way that I was presenting myself to right, him. Right, right. It was definitely like, I'm really sorry, but like I just wanted to get to know you a little better and see where things were at. I'm not about this right now. And I think he was like really mortified that it had happened and that he was too familiar too quickly. And then that just went up in smoke real quick. (laughs) And Mama got in the car and took her breadsticks home. And um, I believe I think I called you right after after this. And I was like, like, never again. I was like, Dustin Ballard, twenty three. I'm not surprised. I have just like blink 182. I'm I'm just going to put this challenge out there. I've yet to meet a 23 year old in a dating situation that like has the emotional maturity one needs to be in a successful dating situation. Unless you, maybe they're out there. Maybe they are out there and I hope they are. Yeah. But I haven't made the Lord open. (laughs) Lord open. Yeah. Exactly. So that was it. It wasn't, it wasn't like crazy terrible, but it was, a situation where I like realized that I had given my power away very quickly and I was like, never again. And I needed to recognize who I was as a person and that a 23 year old was not going to be the person for me at that point in my life. But right. you know, sometimes we're sad and we want to feel like pretty girls. Uh huh. Everybody uh, wants to. Lo- yeah. Everybody does. Yeah. Everybody does. Yeah. yeah. So you go out with a 23 year old and you roll those dice and breadsticks. It is what it does. Yeah. Girl. Mm hmm. What about you? My worst first date, or my worst date ever, was this guy named Nick. He lived in the city somewhere and was not very helpful when it came to choosing a place to meet. I'd asked him a few times. I know plenty. of I know the city very well. And I'd asked if he had any favorite spots, but he was really noncommittal. So I was like, why don't we just meet? He said at- Times Square, and then you <laughs> ran. <laughs> and then I ran, right. I said, why don't we just meet at Penn Station, and then we'll just walk 
down into Chelsea from there or something, which, you know, anything that starts at Penn Station is bound to not be a great thing. Mm-hmm. Right. So we meet up and he walks toward me. I recognized him immediately. He's listening to an iPod and then he just starts gabbing at me like we are friends for 10 years. Not only friends for 10 years, but that I'm all like also in a sort of way that's like so familiar, like, like I'm very familiar with his work, which mm-hmm. I wasn't at all. We, we'd never talked like it was like, oh, hey, I saw your profile. Looks great. Do you want to meet up and have a drink and like chat? And it was like, yeah, sure. OK, great. And then we made a plan. It was like we didn't have any in-depth conversation prior to this. Yeah. But he definitely arrived at this date like deciding that this is how I'm going to behave tonight. And I don't know if that was indicative of something he wanted or who he was. I don't know. Right. But he shows up and is just like, oh my God, like I've just been so busy all day, like blah, 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 like on and doesn't stop. Like, like, oh, well, I guess we should like head out this, but like I haven't got like first 15 minutes. I have honestly said nothing. Mm hmm. Other than like, oh, hi, it's nice to see you. Now we're walking down the street and he's like, oh, can you do me a favor? Can you hold my iPod? And it was like, I'm really actually very uncomfortable doing that. That's like clearly a very expensive piece of technology. And you've already told me that you were listening to it because it's, you know, like you're an opera singer and you need to like, you know, listen to a whole bunch of music to learn it. And I don't feel comfortable doing that. And then he honestly starts like whining, like, no, but please, like, I really, I can't, my pockets aren't big enough. And I was like, it's an iPod, it'll fit in a pocket. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, determined. And he was like, no, but you have a bag, just put in your bag, please, 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 please. And then starts repeating this word over and over again. And I was like, I can't believe this is a real human. Mm -hmm. So it's like, fine. In order to keep him quiet, I took the iPod and I put it in my bag. And I was like, please make sure that I don't forget to give this back to you. He was like, oh, no, I promise I won't forget. I won't go anywhere without it. Foreshadowing. So we had to go to an ATM. I remember we went to an ATM inside of a laundromat. That's very strange. While he's getting cash out of the ATM, he is telling me things like how many children he wants to have, why he and his ex-boyfriend didn't work, all of the reasons they would fight, the income bracket that he needs his boyfriend to be in, Mm. where he wants to buy real estate eventually. And so I was like, I really enjoy the show 30 Rock. (laughs) And And um, potato chips. (laughs) I like eating potato chips sometimes. And, you know, I like listening to Alanis Morissette. Mm -hmm. You know, like this is, that is how I countered this, Mm -hmm. right? So we get to this bar that I suggested because it was clear he didn't know anything about Chelsea at all. And so we go into this one bar and we're sitting in there and this was the most boring date I have ever been on in my life because he was just talking about himself the whole time. Never asked me a single question. The bartender and I had a better date than me in the sky because mm. the bartender could see that I was like struggling so struggling and would come up and ask me a question so that I could respond to him. Yeah. But I was also in a similar place of like, or this person has allotted time for this. So have I, even if it's terrible, I need to just like follow through to the end of this. 
And Thanks now I won't do that anymore. Yeah. If it's really terrible from the very beginning, I'll just say like, you know what? Actually, I'm not, I'm not interested in doing this tonight. So bye. He was like, well, I really want to get something to eat. And I was like, oh my God, I just really want to leave. Mm-hmm. But at the time actually was hungry. And I was like, okay, fine. I'll go get something to eat. So we go to this place around the corner and we're sitting there and we're talking about how annoying it is when people ghost, mm-hmm. which means like they just up and disappear and never yeah. respond again. And he was like, yeah, it's so annoying. I can't believe people do that on and on and on. And I was like, yeah, yeah, it's terrible. I, you know, I can't believe that either. And then we're wrapping up dinner. So I pull the iPod out and I go to give it back to him. And I was like, here, you know, I'm getting on a train in a little bit. I'm just going to give this back to you now. And he was like, no, 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 no. Like, hold on to it. I just don't want to walk up to the, like, I'm getting on this train at the same place. Like, I don't want to, won't stop. I was like, okay, fine, fine. God, I now I'm left. Now I'm done. Now yeah. I'm fully done. So we're walking to the train station, which is a few blocks back. You know, Penn is mm-hmm. a few blocks up. And I was like, okay, I'm going to, as tactfully as possible, say that, um, thank him, and then say that I'm not interested in hanging out again. So. I was like, okay, well, you know, I'm glad it worked out tonight that we were able to hang out. And then he interrupts me and he's like, listen, I'm not going to call you again. Like, mm. um, that's that. I'm not going to call you again. Thanks for being my friend tonight. And I was like, great, perfect. You know what? Thanks for being my friend tonight too. That was that. And then we go our separate ways. I get back on the train with this iPod in my bag. <laughs> And I was like, oh my God. So I text him and I was like, hi, your iPod. I was like, I'm already on the train that's already leaving. I'm not going to be back in the city for another week. I was like, "Um, just text me your address and I'll send it to you. And he responds to me with LOL. Are you kidding? And then he didn't say anything. Then I responded again and I was like, hi, I really need you to tell me what to do with your iPod. And then he calls me. He's like, why are you stressing out about this? And I was like, because it's your iPod and I want to make sure it gets back to you. And he's like, what, like we're never going to see each other again? And it was like, um, well, according to the conversation we just had, no, we're not. Yeah. And he was like, oh, I was being sarcastic. And I went, okay, well, that's not how sarcasm works. That's not how sarcasm works. <laughs> sarcasm works better if, you know, people understand that it's sarcasm. Right. You sounded like you were being very honest and I responded to you with honesty. I'm not interested in seeing you again. Thank you for being my friend tonight. Mm-hmm. And he was like, oh my God, I'm so embarrassed. And it was like, frankly, I, I really have no feelings about how embarrassed you are or not. That I did actually say that. I was, I I feel really manipulated over the fact that you told me to hold this iPod. Yeah. As a way to sort of like ensure that we see each other again. And I don't appreciate it. So I need you to just give me your address. And he did. And then I mailed the iPod the next day. I didn't even know his last name. I wrote Nick, who sings opera. Mm. And then I wrote um, the address. And then for the return address, I put my college address there you go and so that was my so worst nick first who day. sings opera did not turn into nick who stalks you no no exactly right. i was not gonna have that no let's talk about 
current relationships. Let's talk about current relationships. A little while ago, about nine months ago, I started seeing this guy named Steve. The story of meeting Steve is like happenstance at its finest, I feel like. Yeah. Um, and it involves Dusty, actually. And it involves some other friends. So about um, maybe nine months before that, Dusty and I had been to dinner at our friends Brian and Tino's. They were like, well, how's dating? What's going on there? And we're just like, never get divorced. Never get divorced. Just stay with each other forever. Dating is the worst. Make it work. Figure it it out. Yep, figure it out. A few months goes by and Dusty texts me and he's like, so Brian set me up with this guy. His name is Steve. So do you want to take... Well, yeah. And Brian and Steve had like been on a few dates right. but like had remained friends but this was like 10 years ago yeah something yeah. like that but that it never like really worked out mm-hmm. for them in that way and so uh it was the loveliest this is the thing that happens when gay people go on dates with other gay people which is you either meet a boyfriend you meet like a, a girlfriend a sister. a sister or like a business colleague that happens mm-hmm. sometimes too mm-hmm. um but yeah, no, I felt like I had met a sister like mm-hmm. immediately mm-hmm. and I was just like, well, this is this is the connection that I'm mm-hmm. feeling here and like, you know, it was w- such a lovely date. We talked for hours and then we um were texting back and forth afterwards and you know, and that was really all it came to. Right. And so and I had mentioned to Brian I was like, "Oh my god, Steve is lovely and Steve is wonderful and this is sort of where it landed." Right. And you had talked to me after the date because right. we talk about we talked about dating with, you know, right. after, uh, you know, anytime we'd gone out with somebody just to like rehash things. Flash forward to this past September, Steve and I match on another dating website called Chappie, which is like kind of like Tinder, but it's with like a, Tinder, but specifically, but specifically for, gay for gays, but not Grinder. No, 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 no. It's, it's more of like a, of a literal dating website. Yeah. It's like a dating swiping website. And Steve and I like matched and, we're talking, we're talking and I'd seen his photo, but I hadn't seen his photo when like Dusty had met him. But the more we talked, he was like, Oh, I think I know your friend Brian. And then I put two and two together. And so I sent Dusty his photo. I was like, Hey, is this the guy that you went out with a little while ago in the spring? And he's like, Oh, it totally is. Go out on a date with them. Yeah, will be great. I had a really busy fall. I was marrying friends. We had another friend's wedding. I like was just doing crazy things on the weekends. So when Steve was like, Oh, so when can you meet up? And I was like, Well, like I could meet during the week. My weekends are a little busy until like November 15th. Or, or something like that. That's when like life totally frees up. And he was like, okay. And he's told me this after he like kind of freaked out when I told them that we end up meeting up on like a Tuesday in like torrential rain. And Steve had to drive two hours to get to me. The date kept getting pushed back. And he was like, I'll buy you your first drink. Don't worry about it. And I was like, dude, it's okay. Like, I understand the rain is like intense. It's it's a hard drive right now. So like, don't worry about it. Yeah. And he got there. And I remember thinking he was incredibly handsome and, and so charming. And um, we ended up getting just some appetizers at the bar and like a drink. And we had like really, really great conversation. And like his humor was like so on point with mine. And I remember just thinking he's like a really sweet guy and it would be really great to see him again. And I gave him a big hug and I was like, can we please do this again? I would love to do this. And he was like, yeah, definitely. And like, I'm not one to kiss on first dates and didn't. And so we left it at that. And 
about a week later, we got together and had our second date at an axe throwing place. We got burgers after the fact. We had our meet cute moment there where we literally got each other's burgers and didn't realize it until we were halfway done with them. Yeah, the rest is history. It's been like a pretty amazingly wild and crazy nine months. It's so nice when things work out. It is nice when know? things work out like that. So what about you, Sir Dustin? Um, I have been dating uh, my boyfriend, Joey, since December. It has been going very, very well. Um, we immediately, like, intellectually connected immediately. It was just like one of those, like, we met for dinner one night. We also met on Chappie. Mm-hmm. And um, so we Chappie, just got... you're looking to sponsor everything. <laughs> right. We're two success stories sitting um, here on a podcast. Literally, actually. Mm-hmm. So, um we had um we just got very deep very quick and i am not one to uh shy away from that like if you're willing to go there i'm willing to go there Mm -hmm. and we were and um it was a really like magical first date probably the best first date i've ever been on Mm. and i just was like this was so nice and so like adult and so mature yeah and um we took and have taken things very slow there was this period in time where we both weren't sure if we were going to like about a month in if we were going to keep heading down this track and we had a very honest beautiful conversation mm-hmm. which laid the groundwork for how to talk about difficult things with each other that's one of our favorite things yeah. to be like oh a hard thing let's unpack this let's unpack all of it and mm-hmm. all the feelings that come with it and like if that means we miss the movie then that's what it means right and um you'll have to see dark phoenix another that, night right so that has been the most wonderful surprise i've learned a lot about relationships mm-hmm. and sharing compassion mm-hmm. and sharing love and sharing all of those things that come with it and all the big things and how to check in also how to listen yeah. We've been going since then mm-hmm. and it's been great. Mm-hmm. It's the I love it when like the four of us get to hang out. Mm-hmm. That's Me too. My, it's real that's fun. That's my favorite. And we team up on you. <laughs> that's real good. That's another thing I, I really love about Joey <laughs> is that he's like Oh, he's the first person to make fun of me mm-hmm. and call me drama queen. Yeah. And I, and I take it. Mm-hmm. And then and you then, like, put your crown and sash on and, then, and you're like... <laughs> and then you just jump right, right. onto that bandwagon. Like sickening. Sickening. <laughs> right. Right. So it is nice when those things work out. It is a beautiful thing. In in a world where the majority of the time it doesn't, when it does, like, it's a beautiful thing. It is. And... It is a risk every single day you are mm-hmm. in a relationship because, you know, like you're putting your heart out there mm-hmm. and you take a risk every day. Yeah. But I think it is ultimately worth the risk every day. I think so too. As always, let's end this episode with a game. In this I'm game, ready. we're going to be playing speed dating questions. Oh, so I'm just going to fire a few off, but I need you to just because we want it to be quick. First thing off the top of your head. Ready? Right. Um, what color best describes your personality? Uh, um, sort of um, a rainbow. What time of history would you have liked to have been born in and why? Oh, Elizabethan England. Okay. If your friends compared you to an animal, which animal would it be? Probably like a lion or a wolf. Thank you, Dusty. Based off of your dating profile, I do not want to see you again. (laughs) (laughs) 
I only have one rose in my hand. <laughs> and that rose is for myself. And that rose is for myself. <laughs> and it's made of chocolate. What are the most important things you're looking for in a person? Oh, humor, honesty, um, and a strong, independent um, personality. Um, the question here is, what was the last CD you bought? But I want to know, what was the first, like, album? Chumba, wumba, tub, <laughs> thumping. <laughs> Well, you get knocked down, but you do get up again. I do. It's true. Mm-hmm. Okay, great. If you could live anywhere else in the world, where would it be? Mm, uh, Venice, Italy. That was the first thing that came to my mind. You have friends coming for supper. What would you cook them? I would cook them my mom's mac and cheese. Beautiful. And some grilled chicken and some asparagus, which is... I totally cooked that this weekend for Joey uh-huh. because he makes fun of me and says I don't cook. And uh-huh. I'm like, I do, but I not cooked for him. Yes, well, and how did he enjoy it? He liked it a Good. lot. And then you put your asparagus where his mouth is. <laughs> That's right. That's, That's right. right. This has been Pride Mix by Gaze at the National Parks, the podcast. And we're here to remind you to pride early and pride often. And that resilience is always out there. Follow us on Instagram at gaze at the national parks and email us at gaze at the national parks at gmail.com. Gaze at the national parks was created and is hosted by Dustin Ballard and Michael Ryan. All original music was written and performed by Dave Seaman with Mariella Klinger. This episode was edited by Dustin Ballard. All original artwork on Instagram is by Michael Ryan.